1: Game 7 between the Toronto Raptors and the Indiana Pacers will be on Sunday in Toronto. Indiana winning game 6 tonight, 101-83. Outscoring the Raptors 61-39. My goodness, 61-39 in the second half. Still Dallas up 1-0 on St. Louis. Three and a half minutes into the third period. Blue Jays won tonight, 6-1. Good outing for Aaron Sanchez. No runs over seven innings. Only allowed six hits. He uh, struck out six. Storin Cecil, and Osuna. Coming in and out of the bullpen, Storen uh, did allow the one run in just one-third of an inning of work. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. If you would like to talk to me, you are welcome to do so by calling 780 or by texting 630-630. Yakashev, one of my favorites out there, Kind of out of the blue here. He says, I remember one night I unknowingly ingested eight beers. Well, at least I unknowingly ingested the last three. All right. That is
2: from Yakishev. Just wanted to share that. Sure. That's fine. Yeah, that's, that's perfectly fine.
1: By the way, there's gonna be it's gonna be some cold beer drinking weather next week.
2: Oh no kidding! Yeah, from Monday through Wednesday, Thursday, get out on the patio. Mid to high twenties we're
1: gonna yeah. be. You know what's a good uh, hot weather beer? Well, most beers, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Alley Cat Apricot, that's a good mm. one. Yeah. Yes. I know we had some positive feedback about that beer last year. We had we've had Alley Cat people on a couple of times, but uh, I know last year we talked about it. And some listeners. Uh, picked up some, Mm -hmm. and then sent in some glowing reviews after the fact.
2: I'm a fan of of the uh, Scona Gold myself. The
1: Scona Gold Mm -hmm. is, it is truly gold. Oh, it is. It is truly gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great beer. Uh, Also by Alley Cat. Yeah. 808 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Elliot Friedman was on uh, Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today, and Bob asked him about the reaction if the Oilers do win the draft lottery.
3: You mean besides the fact that I am buried underneath pitchforks and and, uh, torches? Um yeah, they'll everybody'll probably freak out, but you guys will be laughing all the way. I mean, you know, you know what's going to happen, Bob. People are going to be furious. Like I uh, I think one of the reasons Tim R- Murray reacted the way he did last year because because he was like, "Really? Edmonton again?" Um you know, and I would I would suspect that if the Oilers do win again, you will see even more changes to the lottery where they bring in a rule that says if you win it if if you win it, you can only win it a certain amount of times in in a period of years. So uh, I think all of that is going to be an issue. But the fact is, I'm sure the guys who will care the least are the Edmonton and Oilers and their fans.
1: He's right. <laughs> uh, that's Elliot Friedman earlier today on Oilers Now. Nolan Patrick, the projected number one pick for next year, so we're getting 14 months ahead of ourselves, has a hat trick for the Brandon Wheat Kings. They lead Red Deer 3-2 late in the second period as uh, the Wheat Kings try to close out that series. Wilkie Paldia says, on a hot day,
2: Boxer Watermelon Beer. All right, never had it. I've seen it advertised, but I've I don't seen know it. if it's any good or not. Don't know if that... Appeals to me. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll try it someday. Yep. You like the fruity beers? Ah, uh, you know what? I I've, I've, I experimented with it a little bit when I was younger, but <laughs> it's not when really. When younger, experiment. Yeah, experiment. I was younger, yeah, I, young I needed it. the money. No, I, I I I like a good a good light beer, but not fruity. But not fruity. Yeah. Uh,
1: the uh, grapefruit beers are pretty popular as well. I've
2: never tried. Alley Cat
1: has the uh, main Squeeze. Okay. There's the Steger Stegler Rattler grapefruit. That's pretty popular. Right. Yeah, Hofer grapefruit, mm-hmm. I, I think, is a, a popular one as well. Yep. I, f- I know far too much about grapefruit beers, and I don't even drink them. <laughs> this is I just I just realized like how is all this knowledge in my head? Yep. Uh, I I should say like I don't drink nearly as much as it might seem from what I just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a problem. Everything's fine. <laughs> uh, it's uh, eight ten, inside sports on uh, six thirty. Chet, talking a little bit about uh, the draft. Here's what uh, Dan Marr from NHL Central Scouting said separates Austin Matthews from the two Finnish wingers. Well,
3: one, one thing that uh, they have in common is that they've all, they're all playing in the elite league. Right. Uh, they're all playing in a professional league right now. Uh, Matthews has gone over from small ice surface onto the big ice surface, and he's played the same game. Uh, I think one of the things that he's just done is he's just confirmed everything that the nhl scouts know
4: about and what he brings to the table because
3: this this player doesn't have an off switch he's he's always going and even in practice he, he's just got that drive and determination to where he can go to make a, a difference and influence the game in many different ways and you know he's the fact that he's continued to do that uh is just bodes, bodes well for him but you know he's the real deal that's all i can tell you
1: all right, and uh, I would expect Matthews to go first overall. And, and if the Oilers do win the lottery, I would, I would expect they would take Matthews or trade down and try to stay in the top three. I, I don't think they'd actually go that far out on a limb and take uh, Lining with the first overall pick. Well, Kellen, people have started texting in their favorite hot weather beers now.
2: Well, that's good. Which is fine. It's Friday at 8-11. Shortlist. Let's shortlist it for next week. And it is, yeah.
1: uh, my uh, my phone says it's, fi- is Thomas there? Thomas, are you there in the newsroom? I don't know if he's paying attention. Uh, he's probably working. He's probably actually working, unlike us, Kellen. My phone says it's 15 outside, so it's not really hot, but yeah. warm enough. Yeah. And it's Friday, mm-hmm. so nothing wrong with enjoying a beverage while you're listening to Inside Sports. Somebody just texted in Miller. Which means they either like Miller Genuine Draft or perhaps Dennis Miller, whose career peaked, I think, when he was on Weekend Update. Well, no, he did some good stand-up comedy after that. He was really good on Weekend
2: Update on Saturday Night that, Live. That late-night show he had was terrible, though. Oh, well, which? Well, he did a couple, didn't he? Yeah, he did uh, Dennis Miller Live. That's the one I'm t- uh, thinking and of. And then, did, then didn't
1: he do one on CNBC?
2: I think so. No, the
1: one Dennis Miller live where he did the rant every night, that yeah. one was
2: okay. Nah. Uh, you didn't like that one, eh? Nah. All right. That's like, you know, he was trying to be Howard Stern, and that works You think on so? Radio, I thought he was trying to be Dennis Miller. No, no. he's He watched, watched a lot of what he was doing comparing it to like what Howard Stern was doing at the same time. It was the same shtick, you know? All right, I've always so, I've always enjoyed. Milk. It works for Howard, it doesn't work for Dennis. He would have been better you off. You thought he was trying anything.
1: to copy Stern? All right, yeah. I never thought he yeah. was a
2: lot cleaner than Stern. Oh, yeah, it was Howard Stern cleaned up absolutely, but you know.
1: All right, uh, Brindles says the alley cat Kolsch, good for those people who can't eat wheat. Yes, that's the scone of gold, and it is a gluten. I don't think it's a gluten free beer, but it's a gluten reduced beer. It is again. Yes. I I know this. I'm sorry.
2: It's a it's a great
1: beer. Can we just do a beer draft lottery tomorrow? I'll probably be more informed. Sure. Adam says uh, ginger beer on ice with lemon. Interesting. I, you know, I have not. I've I, I've tried a couple of ginger beers. Just don't work for me. But I know some people like them.
2: Oh yeah. You like them, eh? Uh, not myself. But I know a couple of people who like them. Same same as you. So got a couple people in my circle that like to partake in that type of stuff, so. All
1: right. One nothing Dallas leading the St. Louis Blues, 12 and a half minutes left, third period. Dallas out shooting the Blues 35 23. I did pick the Blues to win this. I think I only went I only went four and four in the first
2: round. Awful. It was one of those playoffs. It's it's that first round like once every four or five years you get a first round where there are a ton of upsets and a ton of the favorites going. Well, the by, two right, the so. two California teams losing. Yeah, that was big. Chicago losing first round. Well, I mean, San Jose and LA
1: played, so one of those teams was going to lose. Right. But I picked the Kings and I picked uh, Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of people picked the Blues, though. I think okay. I was the only one to pick Chicago, out of me, Jack. Brendan and Bob. Right. I think I was the only one. I, I say I said mm-hmm. Chicago went seven. Yeah. I thought their experience would come through. Didn't quite happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, you can keep the text coming to 6:30. 6:30. We'll have a little more draft lottery content and speculation. Morley Scott to tee up the Eskimo show when we get back. <laughs> Safety, I believe we're going to call an audible here, using a football term, and uh, and bump Morley Scott and uh, bring in, very happily, the uh, president of the Edmonton Eskimos, Len Rhodes. Len, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, man?
3: I'm great, Reid. Just landed uh, listening to your show and uh, want to share what I just uh, went through.
1: Yeah well no, you were just traveling with a couple of players and I, and I know you were visiting uh, some Canadian troops I'm, I'm not sure of all the locations there so uh, why don't you give me the itinerary and, and uh, some of the experiences.
3: Yeah last Saturday uh, we went on a Team Canada mission and the aim was to get a group together from across the country to go support our troops and we made three stops actually uh, we started in Kuwait then we went to France and uh, we ended in the Ukraine so we just uh literally got back and from our club we had Ryan King and Sean White they joined us for the entire trip and uh, it was just an awesome time uh, the experience is second to none and while I've always had the utmost respect for all of the Armed Forces in Canada seeing what they're up to and what they go through in terms of the sacrifice it's just incredible
1: well that, that's that's great to hear and, and what, what, what was their what was their reaction especially to meet a couple of the players who are just fresh off a great cup championship
3: Ah, oh, they were ecstatic. You know, there were people from across the whole country, of course, that are deployed in those areas. But uh, the fact that, uh, yeah, Ryan uh, King and Sean White were there, and we had the Cup as well, so uh, it was not uh, as benefit. So regardless of which team they root for, because I'd love to think that everyone across this country roots for the Eskimos, but darn it, it's not the case. But uh, everyone has the utmost respect for it. And there were some uh, Alouette players there as well, the Kamish, uh, was in the group, and we had some uh, alumni players from the NHL. Uh, Tiger Williams uh, was there. Uh, Troy Crowder, Scott Thornton, just a great lineup of people.
1: Len, what did this experience maybe teach you or reinforce to you about the connection that we as Canadians have to sports, and maybe the role it plays in our our culture?
3: You know, when I, you know, anyone listening to your show and has the chance to be here and watch sports. Uh, in our backyard sometimes we take for granted me included and uh when you go out there and you see for example and we started in kuwait and it hit us right off the bat you see the reality they're living in camps they uh we slept in tents just like them for two nights and we were in bunkers that are basically four feet by eight feet with a cot that's as hard as a rock and the sacrifices read that our troops make the men and women leaving their families for months on end and being on a deployment for nine months. They're all counting down the day. So 44-degree temperatures in the afternoon in Kuwait. It's a dry desert, of course. Uh, that was the toughest area. Then we went to Marseille, France, and we were on our Navy ship, uh, naval ship, and uh, that brings another total dimension. Uh, you see that uh, when you're at port and what the guys live through is very, very confined. And then when we ended up in uh, the Ukraine... Uh, there was another element there. Their base is a lot more, I'd say, comfortable. But again, uh, the sacrifices and what they're doing there are training the uh, troops from the Ukraine so that they can uh, do what they need to do uh, more efficiently.
1: Well, that that's awesome. You got to see that firsthand, and that uh, you know King and White and, and other athletes and the commissioner were there because you're right. I mean, sports. We, we often talk about rivalries and. And uh, and you know competition, but it, it can be a very unifying force. So I'm glad you um, you got. So, to, had you done anything like this before, Len?
3: No, never like this. Uh, in, in those countries, basically any t- exchange I've had with the military or any one of the armed forces has been in my own backyard. This was really different, and I, you know, it was all the little things. Um, having meals with the troops, we were mingling with them all the time. They were so happy and touched. And the embarrassing part is. They kept thanking us for going, and I kept thanking them, and so did our, our group, because they're the ones making the sacrifices. But we were told that we were the largest, and we were a group of, uh, I think we were 25 people. That was the largest uh, Team Canada group ever sent to, to Ukraine to meet the troops. So they really appreciated our presence. And again, if you're out there for nine months and you're counting the days, to have things like that is just incredible. And at night, every stop we made, we had live music. We had a band that uh, played with us, and uh, we uh, had some comedy and some speeches, and then, of course, an exchange with our players and the Great Cup and signing autographs. It was just incredible, so I think we brought them a bit of almost the same spirit as Christmas in the month of April, and they really appreciated
1: that. Well, that's great to hear. Good on you and the Eskimos and the other and the other teams and organizations involved for going over there, land. Kuwait, France, and Ukraine is uh, is is where they hit up. And I know we want to try to get Sean and or Ryan on uh, on Inside Sports next week to talk about that as well. Before I let you go, uh, Len, just another quick topic. I think you and I might be talking again in a few days. The the AGM for the Eskimos is coming up.
3: Yeah, that's on Tuesday. Uh, now that I'm back, so I got to get ready for that for sure. But uh, we'll be sharing our results for 2015. It's our annual general meeting with our shareholders, and uh, we'll, it's a review really of the uh, past year. And uh, you know, we'll we'll be announcing uh, the facts and the financials. Pretty well, we had a good year, and uh, of course, the best measurement was winning the Grey Cup. And the financials are pretty well secondary. You know, when we get when we get into this business. It's about winning the ultimate goal, and the Grey Cup is the one, and uh, that's what matters.
1: All right, and uh, seasons tickets—if people can get them now, if they want them, right?
3: Oh, definitely. You're, we're, we're running at par with last year, and you know everyone can say, "Well, it's a tough economy," but our fans uh, keep supporting us because uh, we're a pretty good darn deal in town. And coming off the momentum of the Grey Cup is just incredible. And then in about a week and a half, we'll be uh, sharing all of the exciting things for 2016. We've uh, really loaded up on a lot of different initiatives this year, and I think it's going to be the best in many years, uh, and fans can look forward to it. But tying it into our original conversation, I know that when we do research, our fans, when it comes to themes, appreciate and love the uh, military appreciation night the most. So this is just uh, another benefit. We went out there as opposed to having the troops come to us, and it was an incredible week. Uh, I can tell you, Reed, so much happened in uh, such little time. But I'm I'm still excited because uh, this was uh, an experience that I may never have again in the rest of my
1: life. Well, it sounds like you made the most of it. Len, thanks for sharing some of that. I hope we get to talk more about it. And thanks for doing this on the spur of the moment. I really appreciate that you made time for us.
3: My pleasure. Have a great week.
1: Right on. That is Len Rhodes checking in tonight, the uh, president of the Edmonton Eskimos, just uh, jumping on with Len. And he is, as he just got back from that uh, Team Canada mission to go visit Canadian troops in Kuwait, France, and Ukraine. Really appreciate that Len would make time for us. And, you know, there's one of the, I mean, when the military um, appreciation nights or themes happen, I mean, they happen. All over, uh, as as they should. But I know they're really appreciated here in Edmonton. And uh, as as Len said, the, the brave women and men in the military as well. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of they like Len said. They say thanks for coming, thanks to come as uh, coming to see us. And, and Len says, why are you why are you thanking us? You you people are the ones making all the sacrifices. Uh, also, speaking of heat, 44 degrees Celsius in Kuwait. That's a little warm. That is a uh, that is a little warm. I've never experienced. I mean, I think I've been mid 30s maybe when I was in Vegas or LA. Yeah. I've never been near 40 year old before. That's insane.
2: That's too hot for this cowboy right here.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, a lot a lot of great a uh, lot of great Canadians representing us in the military. Uh and uh, over the last few minutes here, we have had a couple of goals. St. Louis tied the game and just now Dallas has scored to go up 2-1. Uh, Shattenkirk scored his second of the playoffs from Pareco and Berglund. But now Dallas coming right back, and I'm just watching the replay to get the goal scorer. Hemsky drove the puck to the net and was stopped. You know, you know what? I keep missing the number every time. It's number course,
2: 12 for Dallas, Reid, I think. And, of course, I don't have the sound up.
1: I'm waiting for them to put up the name. I couldn't even see the number. You made out the number, right? You got better eyesight tonight. Yeah,
2: it's it's 12 for Dallas. Off the top
1: of my head, I can't remember who 12 for Dallas is. I'm not going to even try to make it up. Uh, (laughs) Fasca.
2: There we go.
1: erratic faxa. I rely on rosters. So Dallas goes back ahead from Hemsky and uh, Goligoski. Your scoreboard update, such as it was, presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. The other game between uh, Nashville and San Jose's going to start in a few minutes. Blue Jays won Raptors lost and Red Deer is down 4-2 to Brandon after two periods. So the Rebels season is on the line there. You can text us at 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063 Castle Downs Dan says big thumbs up to Len Rhodes and the Eskimos class move. Thanks a lot for listening tonight Castle Downs Dan. We'll talk about this amazing story in the English Premier League. One of the complete underdog 5000 to one shot teams with a chance this weekend to win the championship. Craig Forrest will enlighten you when we get back.
2: The Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on
0: 630
1: Chad. So, some other headlines from the NHL today Burns, Dowdy, and Carlson are the finalists for the Norris Trophy. Anaheim Fires head coach Bruce Boudreaux, 208 wins, 140 losses, 40 Overtime and shootout points while with the Ducks, but another playoff disappointment for them. They lost in Game 7 to the Nashville Predators. Predators about to start up against the uh, San Jose Sharks. Minute 15 left in the third period in Dallas. The Blues have pulled their goaltender as they trail the Stars. 2-1. Two one. That should be another good series between a couple of central division powers. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on six thirty. Chad Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window. Well, I can tell you this. I don't proclaim to be an expert about British soccer, but I know the traditional powerhouses are uh, Manchester United, Chelsea, uh, Arsenal. Certainly, Manchester City has worked its way up the ranks recently. Didn't know much about Leicester City before this year, but they could win the Premier League championship. This weekend, it could be one of the most unlikely things ever to happen in the history of recorded sports, and I'm not overstating that to tell us how it might possibly happen and what's gone on. Craig Forrest, former goalkeeper with the Canadian National Team, now with Sportsnet. Craig, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you on the on the show again. I'm, I'm glad uh, we got something pretty significant to talk about. And, and hey, look, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously something that, we don't often uh, sit around and talk about uh, in Edmonton, but man, this Premier League story with Leicester City has been uh, just captivating. I mean, what? I mean, the odds makers put them as five thousand to one at the start of the season. Is that right?
4: That's right. Yeah, five thousand to one. It is quite incredible Um, when you look at in terms of other bets that uh, they will offer, and they'll bet on anything. Kim Kardashian being president by two thousand and twenty, or Elvis being alive. Those are five thousand to (laughs) one. And when you know, when you look at sports, you know, even you know, upsets. Kansas City Royals, thirty to one, when they won next year. If you look at the NFL, Cleveland Browns, worst team in the NFL, offered up at two hundred to one. I mean, and you think they have no chance. I mean, it really is quite astonishing. And you think, well, maybe the bookies got that one wrong, and they clearly did. But when you look at on the surface and what they have achieved, not just this year, but last year, um, they were bottom of the Premier League, looking buried to be relegated to the division below, very crushing for a club. They managed to win seven of nine games to survive. 90% 90% of pundits had them relegated this year or thought they would be relegated this year. And they've gone on this incredible run uh, that I never thought that I would ever see in F 38-game season.
1: Well, what's the context, Craig? I, I mean, look, we, we cover so much hockey in this country. I mean, I don't know. The, the Leafs and the Oilers were the two worst teams in the NHL this year. Is this like mm-hmm. them winning the Stanley Cup next year? I mean, in, in 2013, to, to make a local reference, the Edmonton Eskimos mm-hmm. were 4-14, four and 14, and then last year they won the Grey Cup, so they went from really bad to championship in in, in a couple of years. Is, is this on par with that, or is this even more oh, magnificent would, than other turnarounds?
4: It, it would be greater than that. I mean, I don't know what the bookies are, will be offering next year on the least winning, but I tell you it won't be anywhere close to 5,000 to 1, um, primarily because... Um, there's a salary cap in the NHL. Um, all teams don't hit that, of course, but um, there's some guidelines around that, and that always gives everybody a pretty level playing field Really, they hope, and then with the drafting system from the worst teams and so on and so on, there's no salary cap in, in the Premier League, and over the last 20 years, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, and Manchester United have dominated. Nobody else except for Liverpool and Newcastle have even broached into that top four. So it's a league that is run by money, uh, dominated by teams that spend money, and that's always been the way until this season. Um, the Leicester salary is at around $100 million. Chelsea's at $442 million. Man United, $416 Arsenal and Man figure $400 million. So there's a lot of money being spent. And uh, the massive TV deal that they've signed – Coming up, three year cycle at $7.2 billion uh, gives a lot of the lower division or teams on the lower side an opportunity to spend some money and maybe level the playing field a little bit. Um, that's part of it, but this isn't something we're going to see happen on a regular basis unless you're willing to, to buy the best players and give yourself a, a legitimate chance of winning these titles on a regular basis.
1: Okay, well, that's crazy. So we're talking about a payroll about a, a quarter or so of some of the, the bigger teams in the league, or I guess the more traditional powers, if you want to call it that. So I Correct, guess, yeah. So I guess, Mike, I mean, and I, and I know they they may not necessarily win it this weekend, but, I mean, they, they basically have three chances to win it, right? So the odds are in their mm-hmm. favor here.
4: Yeah, so seven points clear, and the team facing them, Tottenham, is the only one team that could catch them. They have three games left, so there's nine points on the table. But... If they lose uh, on Monday against Chelsea away, it would also be also be uh, over. So it looks almost certain that they would uh, clinch it by this weekend or by Monday, maybe next week, and They have Everton at home, and um, you know it's it's just right there at their fingertips. I mean, a lot of teamwork has gone into this, of course. Desire, timing, uh, luck. Um, Seventy-six points at this part of the season doesn't normally get you second, maybe third in the league. Um, You know, the players have come from factory workers. I mean, look at an NHL, say Conor or Edmonton are going to win next year, and they pick up a factory worker that's just been pulled out since he's been doing that since he's 25 years of age. Um, Doesn't even get professional until he's 25, playing in lower leagues, non-league, and then now scoring 22 goals a season. Players that have never played in the Premier League until they were 30 um, lower division French players that were passed up because they were too small, too slow, not fast enough. It's incredible that these players have managed to do this as a, as a unit and the manager has also done a very good job on cloudy or rainy area who's never won a title in his career and he's been at massive clubs, in Atletico Madrid, and Roma, Chelsea Monaco, so it really is a, a story to uh, enjoy and I certainly have enjoyed covering it this season.
1: Craig Forrest joining us on Inside Sports, talking about the amazing season of Leicester City in the English Premier League uh, Craig, and and you, you, you played in this league, so I, I wonder if you can give me some context, and you mentioned, and anybody can go look at the record books, that it's been a very small collection of teams that are at the top, usually year after year. I guess my, my question is, what do fans of the mid and lower tier teams in the Premier League usually hope for? I mean, how do they usually get their thrills? I mean, Leicester City might actually pull off the Incredible this year and give them a championship. Usually, mm-hmm. what would be a successful season and keep the fans interested for a team that might, you know, finish 13th to 16th out of 20 every year?
4: Yeah, exactly. Year, out, year in, year out, that can happen. Well, what one of the parts that's exciting of the, the system in, in the game of football is that there's a relegation system, and like, teams at the bottom, the bottom three will be relegated, and the three teams from the division below will come up. And when you look at the difference, when you say it's the $7.2 billion deal over the next three years, um, it doesn't trickle down to the divisions below. Um, so it's very crippling. So there's a lot of interest and excitement about trying to stay in the Premier League or trying to get to the Premier League. Um, so that usually brings in, you know, you know, seven or eight clubs near the end of the season that could be possibly relegated. Um, it's devastating, and people want Man United coming to town instead of Rotherham, No disrespect to Rotherham United.
1: Okay, I get. Okay, well, that that's uh, that's interesting stuff, and mm-hmm.
4: as, as well as sorry sorry to interrupt, there's also the domestic cups that are okay. available: the FA Cup and League Cup, and those are. Those are trophies that in a cup situation, one-off game, you can have a good run or get yourself to the final or as opposed to winning the league when they have a 38-game season is very unlikely for most teams that don't spend enough money to, to support a season like that, meaning depth and having a number of players that can play on many fronts like the Champions League, the FA Cup, the League Cup, and the league itself. There's a lot of different competitions going around, and a lot of them pay a lot of money.
1: So, uh, just to clarify here, in the 2009 season, the 0809 season, Leicester City, they weren't they they were like in what's equivalent to the third division. That's how far away they they were. Uh, so, basically, in seven years, they've gone from being what like 45th to 65th to now being number one.
4: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's- Exactly, it. and and made up of mostly of the players I say that are are just players that nobody's really taken a chance on. They've been released by many other clubs. They flittered around. They played in lower divisions, and uh, and they've all come together and and done this amazing thing that uh, nobody thought that was ever going to happen. I mean, Gary Lineker, a former England international, and he's now a pundit and a host on TV over there. Sit around Christmas when they were top. Said, said uh, any former Leicester player himself said he'll, he'll do this first show of the first year next year in his underpants if they win it. He <laughs> says they've got no chance to do it. And he's trying to get out of it, but apparently the <laughs> network, BBC, are quite happy for him to do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Craig, before I let you go, uh, so let me ask the the fallout of this, because uh, it looks very likely they're going to do it here, if not this weekend, then then shortly after. You mentioned the the big money, and I mean, I follow it closely enough to know that there's the transfer windows, and there aren't trades like we have in hockey and football. I mean, there's the mm-hmm. you can purchase players. If if Leicester City pulls it off this year, are they going to lose all these players to the traditional powers who are going to throw money at these guys? Or, or what's
4: well, gonna that yeah, that's a very good question. Um, there'll be offers. <clears throat> excuse me, there'll be offers for these players. Uh, certain ones for sure. Uh, Mara is one player of the year. Here's a guy from uh, no, the first African ever to win the Premier League Player of the Year, uh, Conte, coming from a uh, lower mid-table French team, low price tag, probably the best ball winner in the league. Brilliant he's been. Um, but saying that, when, again, this TV money kicks into play, and also the fact that they're going to get a, probably another $100 million uh, because they're in the Champions League, and that's played throughout all the European teams of Real Madrid, and the Barcelonas, and the Bayern Munich of the world. Um, that pays big money too, so you're going to be able to entice some players to your club as opposed to losing them because of the situation you're in. I think, and I think for the most part they'll be able to hold on to the majority of these players. Uh, some of them are older anyway. Uh, Mars is actually 29, not that it's old, but you know, three years in, uh, he will be you'll be looking at uh, the downside of his career. Center center defenders are in their 30s, so uh, hopefully they can do so. I think they will, and uh, hopefully they hold on to Claudio Ranieri, the manager too, who's done a terrific
1: job. All right. Well, this really is an incredible story. And yeah, I'm definitely going to be uh, paying attention to what happens over the next couple of days. Craig, thanks for making time for us here on 6.30 Chet in Edmonton. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Right on. That is Craig Forrest checking in tonight to enlighten us on that situation in the English Premier League. It's a a totally different format. It's a 20-team league. You just play a double round robin who's ever in first place after 38 games and they've only played 35 so far, so, so Leicester City could clinch it after the 35th wins, that you win the championship. Now, there are other tournaments and stuff that you can qualify for by being a good team. So it's a different format. It's different from what we're used to, where you qualify for the playoffs and then play down. I mean, if uh, somebody who follows the English Premier League would probably look at the NHL standings and say to themselves, well, Washington finished 11 points ahead of the next best team. What else do they have to prove? Right now, our schedule's different. It's not balanced. You know, it's a lot. I mean, there are f- five teams out of 20 just in London. So the travel, obviously, is is, is not a big concern, and, and uh, it's easier for them to balance the schedule. But, yeah, Leicester City, the odds makers had them at 5,001. 5,000 to 1 to win to win the title before the season in a league where usually it's one of a small collection of teams, five, maybe six, that win it. Every single year, because of the money, and well, this could be a franchise. I mean, we talk in the NHL about winning draft lotteries and getting Connor McDavid or the Penguins getting Crosby, whatever, being franchise changing moments. Well, what Craig was saying there, you win this and you get into Champions League and you get more money, and now maybe players want to go play for you. Now, they don't have trades, you can you buy players, you purchase contracts. But that could change the entire franchise once they become a, a top-tier team. Pretty interesting stuff. Just a complete, unlikely story. I don't know if there's really a comparison to North American pro sports. Stauffer earlier said it might be like a NAIA school winning an NCAA championship. So a lower, you know, a lower division of college athletics. Moving up to beat the big teams, but uh, it's pretty incredible stuff. 847. You can text us at 63630. The phone number is 7804960063. We'll wrap it up with some final thoughts and check the scoreboard when we get back. <music>
2: This is Oscar Clefbrom from your Edmonton Euler, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Euler's Radio 630 Shad. All
1: right, 8.51. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Dallas beats St. Louis 2-1 to start that series. The Sharks and Predators are underway. There is no score early on. Ryan has texted 63630 630 about Leicester City in the English Premier League. He says they are like a real-life version of the Mighty Ducks, a bunch of casts off and nobodies coming in to
2: win the championship. How about that? Good for them. And uh, hopefully they can get it wrapped up this weekend. That'd be nice. Then they play a home game after that that would just be a big party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'd have
1: they'd have two regular season. Well, the two two games left. Yeah, if they win, or uh, I think it's Tottenham in second place, right? If they lose on Monday, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, another text here about boxer watermelon beer. Boxer watermelon tastes nothing like the typical rancid boxer beer taste. It tastes like a melted Slurpee. Not bad.
2: Here you go. Good to know. And yes, I can relate. The boxer beer is... The generic, generic boxer beer not, is not, not pleasant,
1: which is probably why it's like $7 for a six-pack. Is that right. still how cheap yeah. it is?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the cheaper brands. Yep. All right. <laughs> Castle Downs Dan says, a
1: hot weather calls for a spiced rum slush. All these things I got to try.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree for sure. We had Gary Galley on the show
1: earlier as we get you ready for the draft lottery tomorrow. Coverage on 630 Chet at 5. Gary Galley with the NHL on uh, Rogers. He was talking about alpha dogs and uh, why the Oilers should trade the number one pick if they win it.
0: If they do land them, it's going to be a very difficult decision uh, for Peter Sorelli to decide whether it's not to roll the dice and start making some deals for a lot of teams that would want Austin Matthews. And try to shore your defense core up. Get a big-name defenseman. Get some good draft picks, or some or some players that can come in and help you right now uh, to change things up. Because I'm not so sure you can have Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews on the same team. I mean, you go back to the days of, of Gretzky and Messier. Messier took that back seat to Wayne Gretzky, and, and, and he should. And, and that team was successful. They were a young group that grew together, and uh, and they all knew their place. Nowadays, you, you know you draft you draft uh, uh, you know draft Taylor Hall. He's the number one guy. He's your guy, right? He's going to be your guy, and he's the, you know, I say call him the alpha the alpha dog. He's the one. And then you get first again. You bring in Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Now he kind of settles back in, realizes Taylor Hall's the guy. that's fine. Then you get Yakupov. Now you get Connor McDavid. And to me, he's the alpha dog there. He's the, going to be the guy. He will be the next captain of the Edmonton Oilers. He will be the next guy that's going to be the leader of that team. And Taylor Hall has to either fall back into that Marc Messier spot and, and believe that he can do that or not. And do and you feel he can do it? Now, saying it and doing it are two different things. Now you add Austin Matthews to that, it's even more of a problem. It's like, who's the guy? Who gets the big minutes? Who feels like he's the guy that carries the team and is the leader and the whole bit? Uh, Too many alpha dogs. It doesn't work. And and you look at Pittsburgh, you know, and, and I know Malkin and Crosby are fantastic players, but it just seems like when they won the Cup, Crosby was dinged up, he was hurt. Malkin seemed to carry it almost through that Stanley Cup finals, and they won. Every time they're in the lineup together, they don't seem to play as well as a team. When one of them gets hurt for an extended period of time, the other one lights it up, becomes a star player in the league, and the team does better it's like all of a sudden that player's getting to be the alpha dog, and he gets to control the ice and get in the key situations. So, you know, if, if Edmonton does get him, if they are fortunate enough to get Austin Matthews, I would say there's going to be some dice rolls. I think, that, I think it's going to make for a very interesting draft. That's just my opinion. I'm not saying I have any knowledge of that, that will happen, but I'm saying I think now you start looking, okay, we got the pick. Who wants the pick, and what will you give us for it, and see if you can't land yourself – uh, one of those big uh, stud defensemen that can get in there uh, that you can put in with a nurse and a cleft bomb, and all of a sudden you're starting to grow depth in your defense core. Uh, Dreisaitl's really come on there, so hopefully he can continue to grow as a player. And then maybe one of those other guys becomes expendable, and you make another deal and get another player. Like, I think they realize that the chemistry that they have is not compatible, or, and these guys all want to win. They're all trying. It's like these guys don't go out and not try. They all want to win. But at the end of the day, if the chemistry set is not working, you've got to find a different chemistry, a different players, and, and different you know, pegs that you're going to put people in that maybe are going to make a better team. And right now, um, I, this team has struggled with such great young talent, and, uh, you, know, and you just can't keep blaming the coaches for it. You know, it, it sometimes it's just that the chemistry is not right, and that's up to Peter Shirelli and Todd McClellan, those guys, to figure out what's the best way to go. And Bob Nicholson, what's the best way to go to, to, to fix what we have now and we've got some talent we've got some assets let's use these assets and this is if you get Matthews if you get him now I, I think it really changes a lot of things for the Oilers and, and what they do and it would be really fun as an outsider to watch how they actually go through that and manipulate through it
1: some thoughts from NHL analyst Gary Galley right at the end of the show we got about 45 seconds for Douglas on the open line go Douglas go how you doing
3: just I'm I don't know if there'd be any good teams with a good player but if we did get number 1 do you think it'd be you could get some kind of significant player if you just swapped 1 and 3 and still get one of those wingers and and get a player for that
1: Uh yeah I don't know if you'd get necessarily like a top tier player I suppose it would be depend if there was a bidding war I mean I don't think you'd get uh like if Montreal got number 3 and Edmonton got number 1 I don't think you'd get the number three and Suban for if Montreal wanted the number one, right? Maybe you could get the number three and a player like I'm just I, this is totally just me spitballing here and maybe like an Eller type player.
3: Okay, just wondering. I mean, I mean, most of the teams that are probably going to win the picks are probably lousy anyway. So.
1: Well, that's why they're all in the lottery, buddy. <laughs> Fair call, though. Thanks, Pat. Uh, that is Douglas checking in tonight. All right. Thanks to everybody who participated tonight. The Blue Jays won. The Raptors lost. Game 7 against the Pacers will be on Sunday. The uh, Red Deer Rebels season about to end. Eight minutes left. They're trailing Brandon 5-2 in the third period. Thanks to our guests tonight. You heard from Craig Forrest, Len Rhodes, Pat Steinberg, Bob Stoffer, Jerry Galley, The studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. I will talk to you at 5 tomorrow for draft lottery coverage. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.